All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to everyone. So January twenty January first, twenty twenty three. Isn't that crazy? What a great way to come together and start our new year and worship God and uh, doing all this together as a community as Five Stones. I want to share just a little bit of what God is calling Five Stones to do going forward for twenty twenty three. And today, what I'm asking from you guys is actually participation. Participation in a way that I'm not going to ask you to come on up and speak or anything. Don't worry about that. Um, but participation in a way that you're engaged in what is being said today. And that you feel like this, if you feel like today there's something that I'm sharing uh, that you agree with or you're excited about. I know, I know Five Stones is a little quiet. Um, but I would like some amens. I would like some clapping. I would like some, some response. That's right. But if there's anything that we're gonna, I'm going to share today, we're going to be, I'm going to be sharing some of the things that are going to come down uh, this, the pipeline this year. Um, but if you're excited about it, just even say a simple amen or a simple yes uh, would be great. But before we get into it, I'm going to read a passage in which we're going to use to lay down some of this foundation for us. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 to 9. Uh, so we're going to read that, and then we'll get into some of the fun stuff here. It says this, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hand and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. So let's pray and we'll get started here. Father God, it's not lost on me the privilege of being up here before a great church, before five stones. And so I ask for your provisions this morning, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to cover me as I speak. Lord, I pray for your provisions over five stones over this next year going forward. Father God, would you provide, would you protect? This is going to be a year where you're going to demonstrate your power and your glory. And so, Father, let your church get ready and excited, but may they also be protected by you and your spirit. So we love you, and it's all about you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So before we get started, I want to offer you two things this morning, okay? The first thing I want to offer you is I'm going to share, and what I'm sharing with some of you, the things that we've kind of been working through this last year and this last season. So I know that, so part of that sharing is I want you guys to be part of the process um, and, and know kind of what I've been processing this last year so that you can participate in what I believe 
that five stones is going to be doing. I want you to come along with me. I want your participation for because all of this stuff that I'm going to share today is not possible without you guys. It's not possible without the church. But a second thing is I don't really want to miss kind of the forest from the trees. There's a reason that we're all here. There's a lot of great things that we're going to talk about and a lot of great things I'm going to announce, but the real important reason of why the church exists, it's not about the programs or the, the songs we sing or worship or music. Uh, it's not really even about the cool ministry stuff that we're going to be sharing. But it church fundamentally exists for its creator, right? So our church, me, it means that for our church that we hold on to our relationship with God. Five stones is about Jesus, and it's for Jesus, and it serves Jesus. And so before we get caught up in everything else that we're going to talk about, I want us to remember that this church is about Jesus and that this lays the foundation for everything that we do and everything that we're about. So we just read from Deuteronomy 6, in which Moses is the author of this. Moses said, God has given Moses this command, and Moses is now saying this command in the Lord, I am going to teach you, okay? He said this is God's call to his command, but it's also a call to commitment. If you're familiar with these verses, there's a Jewish tradition, which is known as the Shema. Okay, have you guys heard about it? It's a prayer that the that the the Jewish people pray in the morning and in the evening every single day. It's a declaration of faith, and the reason why they do it is to remind them of who they are committed to and the covenant that they made with God. It's done almost as an anthem or as a song. It's about worship. It's of obedience. It's done starting with covering your eyes with your right hand with the call, and then the rest is recited as a prayer. This word Shema is translated simply as to hear or to listen. It's a call to attention. And now, where do we find this aspect of Shema? It's actually found in the, the passage that we just read in chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Moses is actually challenging God's people. Okay, so they already went through the desert, right? The Israelites have already gone through the desert. They've gone through 40 years of wandering through the desert, and they're coming into this place of the promised land, but they're not in the promised land yet. But what Moses wants to do is Moses is challenging the people because he doesn't want the Israelites to repeat the mistakes that they have done in the past, right? So Moses go goes and he writes this prayer. He writes this command to say, you know what, we need to rest in a place. We need to know what our foundation is. We need to know what all that we do and what God is doing through us as a people. We need to be able to respond to God's grace and his mercy. So Moses writes this out as a response to God's grace and mercy on their lives. And it's a reflection of their love and devotion. So everything they are, they are to worship God. They're not to ca be caught up into 
the legalisms of the law because there's there's a lot of things that's happened uh, if you look at the Torah first five books of the Bible Moses writes down the law for the people that all of these things are being prescribed as they're wandering as they're going through the desert as they're doing all these things all of these things are being prescribed to the people and so they're learning these things as they're going but Moses is like don't get caught up in 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 what we're doing in the desert, but worship the Lord your God with everything that you are. So these are the words that we've read. The Shema is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the heart of the Shema. This is the heart of of what Moses wanted to lay into his people. And I believe that this is where we need to begin as a church, as we step into this new, new place, as we step into a, a, a new uh, place that God has called Five Stones to. We need to be able to lay down this as our foundation as well. We need to be able to come to that place and say, this is what God wants us to do, to worship him with all our heart, our soul, and our what? Our strength, or in some translations, it says might. Now, I know some of you may not have read the Bible thoroughly and don't know where this actually comes from, but you're kind of like, I've heard this before. I haven't read Deuteronomy, I haven't read the laws, but I've heard this before. It's, and, it, and the reason why you've heard this before is because if you've read anything of the New Testament, if you've heard any of the preachings of Jesus, Jesus actually says this, and this is recorded in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Jesus says it, and I'm going to read it from Mark chapter 12. It says this, Jesus says, he's in this debate with the teachers and the teachers of the law, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees come, and they're, they're debating and they're, they're challenging Jesus. And one of the teachers in Mark chapter 12 says this, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them the good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replies, the most important one is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, if you've read through that and you've heard through that, Jesus kind of tweaked the Shema, right? What did Jesus add there? He added the word mind. He added the, the aspect of mind, and why does Jesus do this? Remember, as Moses was writing this, Moses oftentimes is set to be the precursor of Jesus, right? As Moses is writing this, the Bible wasn't actually finished. The Torah wasn't actually written. There's still a lot of things that, that, that was being written and people were just following Moses and as Moses was just leading them. And everything that Moses was teaching is a direct, he was basically the voice of God. And now we, we come to Jesus, this is a couple thousand years after Moses, and Jesus is now in a place where he has the entire scripture of the Old Testament. He has the Torah, he has the, all the prophetic books, he has all of that. It's what he calls, it's what we know as the Septuagint, right? He has the whole Old Testament, so he has scriptures now. 
So Jesus is coming from a place of there's scripture for us to start reading and understanding who God is. And so Jesus adds this aspect of mind or the idea of understanding to it. Moses didn't have that because at that time he was writing it. Right? But Jesus had it. And Jesus just like, so when they're asking Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says this, love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul. He adds the idea of mind in there and with all your strength. I'm going to put up a diagram here. In this diagram, we see the mind, strength, soul, heart. And I was trying to think of a, a, a good picture, and I threw a picture of a tree up there. And the reason I put a, a tree up there is because there's some things that are internal, some things that are external, right? So the mind and the strength actually represents what is external. The soul and the heart represents what is internal. And if you look at a tree, a tree grows two ways, right? Oftentimes we only see what's above ground, and we see the tree and the blossoms and the, the leaves growing and the branches growing. But what happens underneath the tree is actually the roots are actually growing too, right? As a, as a tree grows bigger, the root system has to grow deeper, right? If not, the tree will get uprooted and it's going to fall over, it's going to die. And so for the reason why I use the picture of tree is because when growth happens, when God grows within us, our mind, strength, soul, and heart, when we're building onto these things, when we're growing in these, these places, we're growing both internally and externally. Internally, our heart, our soul, is a place where Jesus speaks to us personally, where God increases our faith, right? It's where God uh, is doing things internally, and you're processing, and you're trying to come into that place of understanding of who Jesus is and who God is, and, and these are the places where sometimes you'll have doubts, sometimes you'll be like, I'm, I'm not sure what the, the Bible is actually saying, I'm not sure what... Um, what, what I'm feeling and what the world is telling me, I, I, I'm, tr I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with those things. Right? That's all the internal stuff that's happening. That's the, the growth things that, that, that's happening within yourself. Okay, this is where your prayer life is. This is where your study life is. Okay? And then your mind and strength, these, these are the things in terms of how, what other people actually get to see. Right? Here's the thing is that oftentimes we feel like we could grow our, 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 our heart and soul, but our actions don't actually reflect that, or vice versa. Where we, 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 we play this certain character, or we think that we're doing all these good things, and we, we, we do all this charity work, but in reality, we have nothing that's actually backing that up. It's empty and inside. We're just doing it so that people think that we're a good Christian. We're just doing it because just so that people could see outwardly that we're, we're, we're model citizens. But deep down, there's no growth. Deep down, there's no substance. Deep down, there is nothing that actually sustains what you're doing. But when you're actually growing in your soul and your heart, your mind and your strength will naturally be transformed. And vice versa, when your mind and strength is actually doing the things of God and being the hands and feet of Jesus, your mind... Your, your soul and your heart needs to transform with that. The idea for, for us here as we're looking at these passages is that what God is calling us to do is he's calling us to grow in our faith, in our foundations of who we are, 
so that we get to know mind, strength, soul, heart, nothing, nothing is separated. Okay, that's why I put it into a circle. Right? I could have separated everything and just said, okay, this is outward, this is inward. I put it in a circle because it's a holistic aspect that God has called us to grow with. That we need to grow both in our roots and in our branches. Okay? That this is what God says, this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. What God is calling to you to do is to be a wholehearted Christian, a wholehearted believer, a wholehearted disciple of who Jesus, of, 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 of who he created you to be and what Jesus died for, okay? God says, when you follow me, that's a narrow path. When you follow me, it's with everything that you are. It's not just showing up on Sunday and thinking that's okay. It's not just going to cell group and saying, I have a great time with my cell group, I have a great Bible study, and that's good enough for me. God is calling you into an entire life transformation. That means that no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, no matter who you're engaging with, or even if you're alone, that you're loving God in this place. That it is a complete, total devotion to who God is. That is your entire heart, your entire soul, your entire mind, and all of your actions that you do. Does that make sense, church? This is hard. I'm not, this, is not, this is not easy. This is hard stuff. But last week I said I'm tired of people preaching that Christianity and Christians are just happy people. Right? We put too much glitter on that theology. Too much sparkle, too much pizzazz. Because being a Christian is not just about being happy. Being a Christian requires us to go through hardship and suffering and to endure because when you follow Jesus, I guarantee you, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be persecuted. That's just part of it. North America, we're privileged that we could have that freedom to actually just worship God in our place. We could choose the way that we live life. We would have, there's no judgment, really. But you know, in other places, people put their lives on the line when they accept Jesus as their personal Savior and they say, I'm going to live my life for Jesus, that their families could come after them? That we still live in a world that that still exists? So knowing that so much more should you live in a place where you're just like, if I'm able to live my life with freedom, to live fully for Jesus, then I should do that every single breath that I take. Right? That I need to be able to do that every single moment that I live, whether there is somebody watching or not. Because it doesn't matter if anybody's watching. Because you know that God is there. God is there with you. He's not watching you, though. I, I, I don't want you guys to have this, this concept that God's just watching me and, 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 and like every move I make is 
dangerous and scary. No, God's, God's presence is just because he loves you. Mistakes could happen, okay? Sins could happen. God's grace covers all our sins, past, present, and future. God's presence is just to be there with you. That's it. Okay, he's not watching you. He's not, a, he's not a cop that's or a hovering parent that's watching you. That's not who God is. Okay? God just loves you, and he wants his love to transform who you are. That's why it says, love the Lord your God. Amen? So God gives us this command. Jesus tells us that you need to do this, and then he adds a second aspect to it. He adds what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? This is requires a lot of strength from the church. Okay? Loving your neighbor as yourself means loving communities that you may not completely agree with their ideologies or their cultural content. Loving your neighbor with loving your neighbor as you love yourself is going into places that may not agree with you and bringing the love of Jesus into it. Right? That requires a lot of strength. You're not going to be able to do the second command if you don't understand the first commandment. You need to have the first commandment in order to do the second commandment. And God says these are the two most important things. These are the two things. If you don't get anything out of this, ser- this sermon, if you don't get anything out of your Christianity, these are the two most important things about Christianity. Okay? Mark them down, write them on, God tells us, write them onto your, your heart, bind them onto your, 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 your hands, put them on your door frames. Go home, write this on your door frame, okay? You guys need to understand this, because if you guys don't have this, then what are you guys living for in terms of our, our, us being a church? There's no point, right? Then this is just a big social club. There's, there's no reason for us to just have a great social club. The reason that we have a social club is because God brings us together. The reason why we have this church and this family and this, this community that we call Five Stones is because God brought us together and that we get to do life together and that we get to do be on mission together and to do God's work, right? And so I'm going to ask for a very radical thing here today. I'm going to ask for us to really come into this place of understanding this prayer of Shema. And then we're going to take that and we're going to go into a place of this community that nobody else wants to go to. And we're going to bring God's love into it. Amen? So, what are some of the things that we're going to do? First, I'm going to share is what's, what's happening internally. Uh, ways to participate in 2023. This is not a full, complete list. I'm just trying to pick some things out because if I had to share everything, we'd be here for another two hours. But... What we're going to do here is I'm going to go through some of the, the, the initial things. So actually in two weeks here, we're going to start a new sermon series that will go into not just our sermon time, but also into our cell groups. Uh, Pastor Andrew is going to be working with all the cell groups uh, in, in executing that. But we're also going to be executing it for those that are not part of cell groups because I, we still want you guys to be involved in this. We're going to be putting this out also into our church center and into our e-news. We are going to be going into... a sermon series called Spiritual Disciplines or Spiritual Formations. This is a time for us to go deep, okay? This is where we're, we're going to learn how to get our roots deep into the ground 
into, into the word, get into places where we're, sp- we're practicing these spiritual disciplines. We're going to go into, uh, we're going to go and talk about what is, what does fasting mean? What does meditation mean? What does uh, solitude means? I know for some of the extroverts here, it's like solitude. I, I don't want to do that. Solitude is a, is a very important discipline, okay, for all those extroverts that are out there, okay? I'm not trying to attack you guys. For the introverts, I know you guys are you're like, oh, that's easy. I mean, for me, solitude, love it, thrive on it, <laughs> excel in solitude. But for those extroverts that are out there, I know this is hard, but this, it's, it's, it's a great spiritual discipline. Jesus did it all the time. Jesus went out early in the morning. What did he do? He went out to pray. That's solitude time. That's time where you set apart time for, for God uh, and for yourself. We're going to go in and talk about what prayer, how, how do we increase your prayer, how do we increase your study. Uh, we're going to go into um, talking even just outward formation, like disciplines that we're, we're how do we evangelize, how do we do all of those things. We're going to take 12 weeks and we're going to go through all of these things. Every single week after the sermon, we're going to release three questions for you to work on that week. And then in your cell groups, you're going to discuss that. If you don't have a cell group and you're not part of one, either talk to Pastor Andrew to join one or find just another person in this church and say, hey, can you walk with me through this 12 weeks? And let's just discuss. And if you're too shy to do that and you just want to do this by yourself, that's cool too. We'll have the questions there for you, for you to answer for yourself and to really get into a place of, of processing this together, okay? That's one of the things that we want to do is that I wanna, we want to get to this place where we're building each other up as a family of God. And we get into the spiritual disciplines, that we get into this place where we are able to equip ourselves so that we could do the ministry together. Amen? This is something that spiritual formation is one of those things that if you've ever gone to Bible school or if you've ever gone to seminary, that this is a requirement for graduation, that you have to do spiritual formation. Like this is, this is something that is like all Christians should be doing, right? Some of us already do it. Some of us are doing portions of it. Some of us are doing parts of it, but like we want to get you guys to a place where you understand this is how I build into myself. How do we memorize? What's the importance of memorization? Why do we need to memorize scripture? Why do we need to read scripture? Why, why do we need to do any of these things, right? And so we want to get into that place of, of spiritual disciplines. Um, and this is an all church participation aspect. So we're going to preach it up here on Sunday. We're going to teach it. And then you're going to discuss it in your cell groups. You're going to do it at home by yourselves. You're going to do all of that. It's going to be a great time. We're all going to grow together. We're going to be able to be like excited for Jesus because now you know how to be excited for Jesus, right? Because Jesus is going to be doing a work in this church. We need to lay down these foundations first, right? That's why we're starting the year off by doing the sermon series. We're not going to start next week because next week we have a a really special time with the Louie family, which is uh, Lily and, and Davy, I don't see, and Jacob, who I thought he was here too. They're all just disappearing on me, but <laughs> they just came back from a, a three-month time with Kevin and Julia in, in Taiwan, uh, not Taiwan, in Thailand, uh, and they're going to be sharing uh, just kind of their, their missions trip. 
next week. But the week after that is when we're going to start, so get excited for that. All right? But including in that spiritual disciplines, one of the things that we're also going to be doing is we're going to be increasing our prayer time. So I know for, s for some of us that are part of the intercessions with Alex, um, we're we've done already one worship night, but we're going to be bringing more of those worship nights in. We want to be able to increase the intercessory prayer here at the church. And I know that that's a big word and that's intimidating and scary. But really what intercession is, is really just praying the heart of God over this church and over the city. That's it. So we want to get into that place where as a church we're praying earnestly. I want to see our, our, our red carpet ministry, our, our prayer ministry increase. I want people to experience God's miracles during our red carpet time where they're, they're, they're getting healed physically, but they're also getting healed spi spiritually where, where God is breaking down depression and anxiety that's, that's ravaging our, our society today. Uh, along with that red carpet prayer, we're going to increase it by providing a new prayer time that is 24-7. It's accessible 24-7. And this is something that we've been working on since last summer. Uh, but it's going to be a text to prayer line. So if you need prayer in that moment, there's a number that you're going to be able to text. And somebody's going to respond with a prayer to pray for you on that spot. So you might be in a, in a place where you're just like in an emergency. It's like, I just need, I need someone to pray. Just text this line. Someone on the other end is going to text you back a prayer line, just an encouragement for you. We want to be able to increase that for, for the church and for, for our community here, right? But there's other opportunities where there's more church community engagements in, in the sense that we want to build up our other ministries as well, right? We have so many great ministries that are happening right now, but we want to build uh, um, more of that. So we want to be able to build more into the women's, into the men's, uh, into our kids, into our young adults. We want to be able to, to look at these things, but we also want to be able to communicate uh, with the church a lot more. We want to be able to, to, to tighten up our communication and, and, and to for you guys to know these are all the things that are happening within the church. We want to be able to, for you guys to be able to be excited for things and if you're not part of that ministry to be praying for that ministry as those things happen at those times. But we, we, we need full participation in every aspect of, of what we're doing here at the church. Uh, we're going to develop more administration and communication this is more of an internal thing, but I have to tell you where this is actually coming from. So as I became senior pastor of the church in September, I felt very, I felt very responsible, yet I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. And that was a very hard place for me to be. I've been part of this church and I've been on staff for 15 years now. And so I've seen every aspect of the church. And so when I came into this place of being a senior, the senior pastor of the church, I was like, I, I kind of know what's going on and I kind of know what everything is, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with everything. It's like, you know, when you're, you've been in it for such a long time, you actually don't know what you're supposed to work on and then everything feels like it's important and everything needs your attention and, and you, you feel like you're just running around with, without your head and you're just putting out fires and dealing with emergencies and you're not actually leading anything. But one of the things is that God gave me two gentlemen that really helped me and they approached me. I didn't even approach them. 
but Dan and Dan O'Hearn and Eugene came to me and says like, I w- so we, w- there's there's something that we want to talk to you about. They're both retired. They have so much time in their hands now. And so they were able to walk with me for four weeks. Four weeks. These, these guys gave four weeks of, of their time. And so I appreciate this so much. But they gave four weeks of their time to, to walk through this book by, um, what's the book? <laughs> Keys to a Healthy Church. Um, and we walk through, and it basically allows us to do an assessment of where our church is right now, five cents, right? And I have to say the exercise was deeply depressing (laughs) and made me feel like I wanted to crawl into a hole and just just hide from everybody. But it was also brought so much clarity for me. It brought out just the places that I needed to work on, the places that we need to build on right now as a church. And it was so good for me. It was so, so, so well done. And one of the areas is administration. We've been, over the past couple decade, to almost two decades now, we were a startup church, and so we were running on startup mode. And so in startup mode, a lot of things just go, right? And you just try things, things fail, people don't even know, uh, or people get let down, they leave. Um, <laughs> whatever it is, we were running in a place of startup where we actually don't even have any HR in our, <laughs> in our staff. Like zero. I don't have a resume in this in this <laughs> church. I never applied with a resume. I never. There's. I have no staff file. There's nothing on me here. I can literally leave and nobody can say anything. There's no contract. There's nothing. <laughs> but vice versa, the church could actually ask me a lo- of a lot of things and there's no contract, so there y- I have to do it. Uh, <laughs> but that actually w- goes along with all the rest of the staff. And so we have none of those things in place, so we're, 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 we're tightening some of those things up. But as we looked at those things, one of the things that we want to also tighten up is actually our finances as well. Um, it's not that the church is not doing well. The church could do better. However, one of the things that we, we realize is that in startup, you kind of spend money where you need to spend money, right? And you just get the thing going. But now we w- we're at a place where the church is healthy, where we're good, and where we're, we're building ministries. And so one of the things that we need to start doing is setting budgets for different things. But the reason why we start setting budgets for these things is because we want full transparency for the church to be able to see where we spend our money. Why? Because when the church is able to see, when you are able to see where we spend our money, then you know where you need to give to. You know where the church is moving, and you know where the church's priorities are. Right? You know that that the more transparent we are with everything, even in our leadership decision-making process, I want to be m- even more transparent with those things too. The more you guys know, the more you guys are able to participate. The more you guys know, the more you guys are able to, to, to be involved in these places. Right? And so that's one of the things that we're going to be doing in terms of ad- administration and communication. Part, is part of it is so that there's more participation coming from you guys. I want you guys to be involved. I want you guys to, to look at the budget and say, hey, why are we spending $35,000 a year on worship? <laughs> well, every single piece of these things costs a lot of money, <laughs> right? Our stands, our mics, our 
drums or instruments, these things are expensive. For those that are in, in music and stuff, you guys know how expensive the equipment can be. So maybe we don't need to spend 35000 a year, but why are we spending the money where, where we're spending? Why is kids' ministry costing us $100,000 a year? <laughs> it doesn't. Okay, I'm just seeing if you guys are awake. It doesn't. The kids' ministry actually works on pretty bare bones, okay? I'm going to tell you that. They, they work on bare bones. Um, I'm going to talk about it in the next, next point, but kids' ministry actually does a lot with very little money. And we have a great team that serves down there. But, but one of the things for me is that as I'm looking through our finances, Right now, currently, you know where the biggest place that we spend our money on is? Our building. We are spending an exorbitant amount of money on our building. Part of it is because we live in Vancouver, and that Vancouver is expensive. But I want to cut that cost. By cutting that cost, may require us to move. Are we able to get to that place where, as a church, we're like, we're excited for this, and we're willing to move? You know, 50% of our budget go into this building. 50%. That's a little higher than that. That's heavy. Because I don't value this building that much. Right? I value our ministries and what we do. I value you guys more than our, our church building. Our church is, is our people. It's not our building. And so if we're able to spend the money on ministry and not the building, I'm going to do that in an instant. So what does that look like? I'm not sure. I'm not saying that we're moving. <laughs> but if we are, don't be surprised. Okay. But we need to do this together. We need to have full agreement in this as a church and say, we're, we want to do this together. We want to be able to do this. This building has served us for the first couple of years really well. We, we began to take over the entire building. We have all four floors of the building. We started off with one floor when we first came in here. Now we have all four floors. Our rent is astronomical. It is so high that for me, I'm just like, it's just not a place where I want to spend money. And not, not, a, not a good place for us to spend God's resources, right? And so that's, that's part of that. Um, four, focus on missions locally, internationally. I've already talked to a couple of you guys about this, even last summer. And you guys are probably looking at me as like, okay, well John, when are you going to st start this? Because you talked to me last, last year. But one of the things is I want to rebuild our missions committee where I've already talked to some people and they, they already said, yeah, we're on board, we're coming, we, we want to be around this. But I want to focus more on our missions locally and internationally. I want to focus more on what we're doing. I want to be able to do what Jesus' second commandment says, love your neighbor as yourself, right? And in order for us to do that, we need to be a church on mission. And so we want to be able to, to expand that aspect Internationally, we have Nation to Nation that, that is part of us. We also have Kasia and Steve 
uh, that are part of us. Larry and Jean are still part of us, even though they have stepped down from Wilgo, but they're still doing ministry. So as a church, we're actually still going to be supporting Larry and Jean themselves personally and no longer attached to Wilgo, but we're still going to be supporting Larry and Jean. But we want to be able to get to a place where we're sending out missions all the time. We're sending out missions from this church as missionaries to the ends of this earth. We want to be able to connect with other mission organizations and come alongside them and say, how do we help? How do we be a part of this? How do we preach the gospel to the ends of the earth? And so that is what we want to do. Locally, we want to be able to get involved. We're already getting involved with uh, organization this year. What's that? Don't go hungry. Don't, don't, don't go hungry. Alice is one of our deacons, if you don't know. And she and Candace have been working with this organization called Don't Go Hungry, which is kind of like this, this food bank that's running out of St. Aidan's Church. Uh, we're going to get involved with them in the same place where the unique thing about this is that people come to there to shop for the food bank instead of just going to a food bank and grabbing canned goods. That there's like produce, there's meats, there's it's, it's a full-on grocery store there, and it's all by donations, and people go there, and they just pick up what they need for their families. Every single weekend, it's held. We need a ton of volunteers to go and help them out, and so I want to mobilize cell groups to go, individuals to go, and to go help out uh, to, to serve in this place. We're continuing to work with Purpose and seeing what Purpose Society has for those that, that were part of us through the Christmas campaign. We already donated a whole bunch of stuff to Purpose Society for the homeless outreaches, but they work with so many other things in Purpose Society. They work with, al- they, they start off, as a, if you don't know, as an alternative high school. So they work with a ton of high school students, a ton of single moms, a ton of uh, just young kids uh, that are, are coming into a place where they cannot be a part of um, the normal school system. So they're part of the Purpose Society High School. And so we want to be ab- uh, able to help them and build into the youth in that program as well. That brings us to, to the last part is building into the next generation. We want to build into the next generation of this church. We want to build into the, the next generation of, of our kids' ministry. Like I said, our kids' ministry is doing s- so well right now. But we're, we're developing a middle school curriculum with Trek, and it's hard because there's only three kids in that group. And so when one of them is missing <laughs> or two of them is missing, it's basically two teachers on one. Um, but we want to be able to build into a middle school, but we want to also redevelop a youth program again, right? A youth program where we're able to reach out to the youth of this the, this community to maybe even bring some of the Purpose Kids over. That we're able to reach out into the places where nobody else wants to go, right? And so part of that also brings something to five stones where you guys need to learn how to be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable. Right? But that is what loving Jesus is about. That's what loving our community is about. That we're going to start getting people from these communities that we're reaching out to. And they're going to start coming to the church. And they're going to be part of your community and your cell groups and your life. And so we need you guys to, to, to get around this. I've taken too much time already. So why don't we do this? Why don't we stand? I'm going to put the Shema back up here.
I want us as a church to use this as an anthem to close out tonight or today this, this service here. I want us to be able to know that this is who we need to be. This is a reminder of our faithfulness to God and God's faithfulness to us as a church. Right? So we're going to read this. We're going to read the Shema together as a church so that we could start our new year in the right place and our hearts in the right place into the faithfulness of who God is. Yes. Yeah, come on up. And we're going to come together in a church and say, this is who we are. This is what we're about, and this is what we're going to do. And so in this new year, as we're, we're, we're getting ready about, okay, what am I supposed to do? As you're making your resolutions, I want this to be a part of that. I want this to be part of that resolution. I want this to propel you into a place where you're looking at your next year. What are the things I need to focus on? And some of the things I want you to focus on is your spiritual life. It's great that we, we, we want to boost our mental health, we want to boost our physical health, we want to boost all of those things, but think about your spiritual health too. How are you building into that? Where are you setting your place uh, for that? And so let's read this together, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to close off here. One, two, three. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Father God, we just thank you for who you are, and Lord, as we worship you today, Lord, may you take our worship unto, unto yourself as a blessing. Father God, I just pray that as we live, as we look at this new year this year, Lord, that we live for you, that we set our, our eyes fixed on you and focused on who you are. So, Father God, we just pray as we get into 2023, Lord, may you be at the forefront of our mind and may you be the prize that we're looking for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just love the way, you know, what John was talking about. There's a mirror there where, you know, we're going to go into these foundations and we're going to look into our lives, you know, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the Lord asks us to work in all of them. It's the hard, it's the narrow path, but it's worth it because he leads us in that and he wants us to be a holistic people. Why? Because that makes us holy, right? When we anchor all of those things around him, it's what makes us holy. But at the same time, this church is also going to go through that same process. We're going to look at the disciplines that we have in this church and ask, where are we putting our time? Where are we putting our resources? And, you know, we're going to go where the Lord tells us to go. If he says we're going right, we're going right because this church is all about following Jesus. And if he's leading the way, I want to follow him. So I hopefully the rest of you feel that same thing. Hopefully you're feeling that both as a community in terms of, you know, what can we do as a group of people? The answer, not much. What can we do as a group of people with Jesus? The answer is everything and anything that we want. If it's in his will and we follow him in faithfulness, it's done. The gates of hell will fall before us. And that was a promise from God. So, you know, apply that to your same to your life. What do you want to accomplish in this year? You know, do you want to read your Bible? You might have to give up a Netflix show. You know, you might have to give something up. You know, it, this, this path is hard because it takes sacrifice. And, you know, he doesn't actually ask a lot of us at the end of the day. Um, 
but let's ask where do we want to spend our time? Where do we want to spend our resources? And then as a church, that same question goes out. So I just love what John was saying. This is a time of, of renewal. It's a time of putting our eyes forward. And, you know, we need to either go out into the community or drag them in here to be with us because in either case, there's no point knowing about Jesus when there's a bunch of people that don't know that information. This is not something that we hoard to ourselves. We, we don't get more of heaven because there's less people there. We get more of heaven when there's more people there. It expands infinitely because God is infinite. So, Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for the excitement. We thank you for the joy that comes with the new year. We thank you for the excitement and the joy that comes because we know you and we know your plans are good. Lord, we read the stories of the Bible and we just see this story of growth, of change, of just immense power and miracles working. And we know, Lord, that it did not end with those last words in Revelation, Lord. It ends only at the end of your time, which is never, Lord. So we just look forward. We just ask that you come into this place, Lord, that you give us a humility, that you give us a humbleness to sacrifice our time and our resources and to put our eyes, our priority, our focus on you. And Lord, just that through us and through your spirit, Lord, we would see healing come across those in, those, in this church that are suffering, Lord. We would see healing in the physical. We'd see healing in the financial. We'd see healing in the spiritual. We'd see healing in the mental, Lord. We seek to be a holy people before you. And Lord, we seek to be a people that pray. Lord, we seek to be a people that support your church, that support our communities, Lord. We seek to pray for those whose names we don't know, for those that we pass on the street, Lord, we just seek to be a people that takes everything that you've written in your word. Lord, right from the beginning, Deuteronomy, Genesis, right to the end, Lord, all of it is important, and all of it is something that we have to walk out daily. Daily we put ourselves to the side, Lord, to take you on, to take on your mantle, Lord, because we love you. And you are the priority in our life. So, Lord, bless us this week as we go ahead. Bless us this month as we go ahead. Bless us this year as we go ahead. And, Lord, we just ask that, Lord, in all things, we would look to you and that we would walk in your ways. Amen.